Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Why Truth is Rejected. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hello everyone, this is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. And I want to say that this is like an infomercial. Some of you hear me maybe one time. Maybe you're driving down I-5 and you put the radio on and here I am. I want you to understand that you may not hear me again. If you just listen a little bit and say, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. And then later, who was that guy? What was his name? What was the program? What was the station? See, I've had to give some of the stations notice. The support is not coming in. So I'm going to be gone on some of the stations. And so remember, write down the web address, SheddingShackles.com, so you can find me again. And the meditation that I have could be just what you need. Maybe not today, but tomorrow or the next day. Under stress, you may need the meditation. And so I encourage you to listen to this program very carefully, because you may not hear it again. Today, we're going to begin with um, a caller, Greg. From San Leandro has a question. Actually, a couple of questions. Let's get started. My question is this. What is so hard about telling the truth, and why do people don't want the truth to be told? Have a blessed day. Yes, that's a good question. Why don't people want to hear the truth? Well, the truth is hard hard for people to accept because the truth cuts through the falsity, the phoniness, the shallowness. Most of us live our lives at a very shallow level. And it's because were we to thoughtfully ponder our existence, we would have to realize that somehow we're missing the boat. Somehow something is missing. We try to fill up what's missing. We try to fill it up, don't we, with pleasure, with excitement, with friends, with activities and accolades from people and goals and plans and schemes. We're always reaching for something, reaching for another goal, another way to make money, another piece of food, another drink, another marijuana, another pill, another supposed solution to our problems, another person, another lover, another religion, Another leader, guru, doctor, minister, friend, someone to fill the emptiness. And that's why the truth is not welcome, because truth makes us aware of the emptiness of our life and the fact that reaching for the outside to fill our lives with music. See, everything is a compensation. We look for someone or something to give us what we're missing. Now, why are we missing something? And why is there an emptiness to fill up? Well, it's because what is missing is God. In all of our supposed good deeds, in all of our talking, see, everything is designed for us to see a reflection of 
our supposed goodness coming off of other people. If they say that we're nice and we're good and we're so helpful and we're doing the best we can and so on and so forth, then maybe we can believe that it's true because they say it. And we do our best to fool them and to, and to fool ourselves. But ultimately, something is missing. What is missing is God. And that's the truth. And that's why we don't like truth. Because every little bit of truth snips away at a lie, a deception, something that's holding you, something that's grounding you out there. See, every problem, every new text message, every every new TV program, every new item of news that you can focus on, every new goal, every new problem even, it keeps you perpetually from sitting quietly and facing the truth. And uh, that's why the truth is not welcome. And there's another reason why truth is not welcome. The other reason the truth is not welcome is because we're all playing a naughty little game. We're pretending to be God. That's right. We're playing God. We want to be right and never wrong. We want to impress other people and we want to fool them into thinking that we're smart and we know what we're doing and we're also nice. See, we're always trying to fool other people. So once again, we're looking for a good image of ourselves in other people's eyes. So we're using other people. We don't really have love for other people. We're using them. See? And so there again, it's a nasty game to pretend to be a nice person, to pretend to know what you're talking about, and to spout all kinds of words and dress in a certain way and act in a certain way so that other people are fooled. But now why why do other people, why are they fooled? Some of them aren't fooled. Oh, that's right. In fact, in every family, there's usually one person that sees clearly what's going on, but that, that person is the one that's picked on. That's the one that is uh, for, for to whom special attention is devoted to get that person to doubt themselves. To get that person to doubt themselves or to rebel and look bad. And then everyone can point their fingers at that person and say, that person has the problem. But all that person was trying to do was to make people aware of the real wrong that's going on, the phoniness and the hypocrisy, you see? So it's it's always that way. So the most innocent one, see... Anything that reminds us of truth, the plain and simple unvarnished truth, anything that reminds us of truth in such a way that it penetrates. See, when we talk about truth in a shallow way, or if we talk about truth in a clever way, where people can get all caught up in it, then it's not threatening. But plain and simple truth is threatening, and that's why people don't want to hear the truth. But the truth, see, words of truth, if you receive them properly, could wake you up. If you're walking down the street and somebody says, hey, your shoelace is untied, and you look down and your shoelace is untied, and you say, well, thank you very much. If your shoelace had 
remained untied, you might have stumbled on it and gotten hurt. See? So, word of truth might wake you up. But then once you're awake, you have to want to know the truth. You want to stay awake, but most people don't want to stay awake because they don't want to face the truth and the change that that would mean. It would mean they'd have to drop their pretenses, for one thing, and it also would mean they'd have to stop fooling people, and it would also mean they would have to admit some things. They'd have to, to, to admit to people, hey, I put you on, and what I've been saying about myself is the truth. And uh, we don't want to do that. So what do we do? We find a substitute for the truth and a substitute for, for God. So if you want to be whole and you want to be complete, then you have to find your creator. You have to find your creator and submit to, to him. See, he is the source of truth. God is the source of truth. And in order to avoid him, we have to avoid his truth. But now here's the beautiful thing, and that is that God's truth has love in it, and it has light in it. It awakens you and it warms you. And his truth is devastating to lies and to evil. His truth is devastating. But his truth brings life to, uh, to people who love the truth and who want to hear the truth and are willing to admit something. See, that's the other thing. If you start to wake up and you begin to see your phoniness and your shallowness and how you've used other people and how you've lorded it over them and played God and fooled them and sent them into rebellion, some of the people you fooled and other people, they rebelled. And so, if you're willing to see that and admit it, now here's the thing about truth, it has to penetrate. And if the truth about the fact that you've been playing God, you've been denying God to be God, see, if the truth about that penetrates, then you respond to it. And how do you respond to it? There's only one way, and that is with, uh, with regret. You see the truth about yourself, and you're sorry about what you see in God's light. And there, there's nothing you can do. See, there's the, all you can do is just see it and bear the pain of seeing the truth. That's all you can do. But most people, they won't do that. Do you know anybody who never wants to admit they're wrong? I do. I grew up in a home with somebody who never wanted to admit she was wrong. And she would rather have seen everybody else crazy or dead than ever admit that she was wrong. Now, it's not easy to live with a person like that, especially when you're a little kid. Because... You're going to get slapped around, and you're going to get put down, and you're going to have to knuckle under or else. And so, there's a lot of people like that in the world. They don't admit they're wrong. 
You see them everywhere. You encounter them everywhere. So here's the thing you must do. Don't resent them. See that what they are basically doing is denying themselves the very thing that would be good for them. They don't even see it. You see it, but they don't see it. And you can't make them see it because they don't want to see it. Only if they want to see it, you know, then maybe they'll see it. But watch out for people who... Uh, see, here's the games that people play. For example, some people play the game. If you catch them at something, they say, Oh, yes, 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 you're right. I, I did that. Oh, I, I'm sorry. But they don't really mean it. See, they're just trying to placate truth. It doesn't really penetrate. They're not really sorry. And that's why a week later, a month later, they're doing the same thing. And you wonder about that. It's because it never really penetrated. Other people, when you confront them with something, they deny it. And they accuse you. And they become angry. And they, they probably accuse you of the very thing that they were doing. They denounce you. See? So that's the other thing that they do. Then, um, what else do they do? Well, maybe, maybe they, they, they pretend to come over to your side and then they start acting real nice and they may even parrot good words and act nice and uh, dress up in uh, some kind of garb that makes them look like a wonderful, holy, good person. But guess what? Underneath they haven't really changed because they're devoid of a love of truth. And when a person is devoid of the love of truth, the last thing that they can possibly stand would be to actually realize the truth and have it penetrate so that they have to see it. Now what happens to some people is eventually they have to see the truth. The things that happen to them that are a result of their of their hypocrisy, their cruelty, their lording it over people. They're messing with other people's lives and, and pretense and all that stuff. Eventually they have to see what they've done and it's so painful and they're forced to see it and they don't want to see it and they're, they resent it. They see it, they don't want to see it, they resent it. And over and over it flashes in front of their eyes. They have to see the result of what they did, and they don't want to see it. And they resent it. And that, my friends, is, is pure agony. Pure agony to see the truth and not be willing to accept it and be sorry. Or to accept it with resig resentful resignation. That is so painful to the egotist that they avoid it at all costs. They do not want to have to see that they're wrong. So as long as they can make other people look wrong, as long as they can put on an act and pretend that they're nice, as long as they can fool other people, then maybe they can fool themselves. But, but it, doesn't, it doesn't change anything. So there you have it. People do not like the truth. It's, uh, it's just true. It's a fact. It's obvious. And uh, we see it when it comes to other people, but we don't want to see it when, it when it comes to ourselves. A lot of parents, their kids try to make, 
Their kids try to make them aware. They say, Bob, Bob, you, the little children are crying. They're crying because they're being pressured. They're being accused and so on. And they, they try to make mommy aware that she's being mean or that they're under pressure, but she doesn't want to see it. See what I mean? Call our listener call-in line at 510-455-8851. So the other question, Greg, yes, the other question. Let's, let's take the other question right now because it's a good question and, and I can actually dovetail it into this discussion right here. You had a second question, Greg. Let, let's, let's listen to it. My question is, when Judas died, he went to his own place. Could you explain what it, what, what it means by his own place? Bye and God bless. Yes, that's right. What about Judas? Let me quote the passage here. Let me quote. This is from Acts 24 to 26. And they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take up this ministry and apostleship which Judas abandoned to go to his rightful place. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven. So what does it mean, which Judas abandoned to go to his rightful place? But earlier, I was saying that uh, the person who doesn't have a love for truth and doesn't want to admit they're wrong, they just avoid the truth like a plague, but they're also avoiding God, and they're avoiding love and and the healing and the good that would come from God's truth. See, God's truth is like light. Like light to a plant. The plant absorbs the light and the warmth and makes leaves and flowers and wonderful things. And the plant prospers in the light. It loves the light. And human beings, we all around us is God's light. And were you to receive, if you were receptive to it, the same way the plant is receptive to the sunlight, if you were receptive to God's light, then it would enter, it would enlighten your mind, it would give you love and fulfillment, and it would also contain the essence of what you will become, what the good Lord has for you to become. And it would be a heavenly manna that would be good for your soul and for your body. And you would learn how to rely totally on your Creator for everything. See, but in order to receive it, there has to be a receptivity. And I saw a couple of days ago, I realized, I looked at myself and I looked at the, the relationship that I have with people in the workplace and people around and so forth. And I see that I'm always at the ready to talk about truth, always at the ready to find a little opening where I can bring a little, a little word of, of uh, a little something that might awaken the person. But for the most part, I, can only go around with people and operate at a somewhat shallow level because there's no receptivity of it. 
there's most people are not receptive. They don't want it. They do not want it. So that's the part. That's sad. How many of you have, have felt like you had something good that you wanted to share with people and you found that they weren't interested at all? There was no receptivity. You may remember that when you were a young person. That just It just wasn't there. Or you wanted to communicate with your dad. You wanted to be closer to your dad in a good way. But there was no receptivity. You were held at arm's length. Everybody's holding you at everybody's holding us at arm's length. So isn't it amazing that some people are able to get through and and speak the truth and people hear it. And there are people, you know, there are people who do and and then there are people who, who love hearing it. But see, most people, see, the other thing is that people, people kind of like the truth. Okay, you see somebody that's kind of indi- has an independent spirit. Maybe at high school, you, there's somebody there and he's kind of independent or she's independent and a little bit on the rebellious side, maybe. And you like that. You like that independent spirit. Or, you know, you, in, in the world, you have people who bring a ray of brightness a Robert Kennedy, a John Kennedy, a Martin Luther King Jr., Mahatma Gandhi, an Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And there was something good in them, and they spoke the truth, and you loved it. But, see, a lot of people, they do like the truth, and they do like people that that speak the truth to some extent. But when it gets a, when their feet when their feet are held a little close to the fire, then all of a sudden they don't want to hear it anymore. You know, it, it's one thing to to talk in terms of politics or something, and but then all of a sudden when the child says, "Dad, Dad, you haven't been there for me, Dad. You're always too busy at work." then that's too close to the fire. You don't want to hear it. No. See? So anyway, blessed are they who love the truth so much that they are willing to hear everything that they've done that's not right. But we don't want to hear it from other people. We don't want to hear it from other people. You don't want the hand of man in it. Luckily, there's something called repentance. You can't repent yourself. God repents you. He makes you aware in the light, in your heart. You just see. You see that you were phony with somebody, and you're sorry. You're sorry that you were phony, and you don't try to make yourself look good. And you don't rush to them and say, oh, please forgive me. You just bear the pain of seeing that you were wrong. And then you say to them, hey, I was wrong. I I wasn't honest with you, and then walk away. Then God, who sees what you did, will then reward you for it. But if you reach out to other people, put on an act for them, or ask for their forgiveness so that they can pat you on the back and say, oh, it's okay, then you're looking out, then you're, you're looking manward instead of Godward. You understand? So now, what I was going to say earlier is that uh, 
we're very good at finding things to escape into. We escape into our music, into our food, into our work, into our goals, into the problems of the world, into other people's problems, into this and into that. We es- we're escape artists. We were always reaching for something. Another text message, another piece of food, another something or other. Always escaping, always escaping. But then, when the day comes that uh, you're ready to shed this mortal coil, then uh, when you drop the body, then where you are is where you are. The condition you were in, the spiritual condition you were in, at the, at the very end, that's where you're going to find yourself. And when Judas dropped the body and awoke on the other side, that was his rightful place. And it was not a good place to be. So I think the passage about Judas, you know, this is just speculation on my part. It's not clear whether it's it's being said. Let me quote the passage here. Let me quote. This is from Acts 24 to 26. And they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take up this ministry and apostleship, which Judas abandoned to go to his rightful place. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven. So what does it mean, which Judas abandoned to go to his rightful place? It's not totally clear whether whether Luke is saying that... Uh, that Matthias is going to take, you know, his position, the position that Matthias was going to have to replace, you know, Judas. It might have been that, or most likely it was that he's saying that Judas left to take his position or to be where he belonged, because that's where you are. At the end, that's where you are. You are where you are. So, the best time to start seeing the truth and realizing truth and admitting the truth and accepting the truth and loving the truth, if it's, if it's within you to do so, the best time is as soon as possible. Now, you may not be ready. You may not be ready. And if you're not ready, then you're just not ready. That's all. Then go about your life. Do the best you can. Try not to hurt other people. And be as honest as you can and not phony and... Don't say things that you don't mean, and so on and so forth. But if you're ready, then the truth will begin to penetrate because you're willing to receive it. And then God can repent you. He can repent you. And then your salvation begins. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.